All right. So welcome, guys. We're so glad to have you guys with us. We have Jason and Yvonne Parks. Just wave a hand so we know who's who. <laughs> and we have Vicky and John Ruby. And we're so excited to have you guys with us today. These are good friends that we have uh, known for some years now and so glad to be able to do this interview. We will start off with you, John, because you know we just talked about um, Michael Pinball Clemens, and you saw how much we knew about it, and I think you know a little bit more. Can you share just a bit about your experience? Was and he the uh, golf player, you said? Exactly. No, no. You're helping swimming, us out swimming. a lot. <laughs> no, he's a, a football player in the CFL, played for the Toronto Argos, and now he's a GM, and he's an amazing communicator, and he's going to be in an Easter event that we got coming up. Cool. And so he's a beautiful smile. That's his. That's what you'll see first, and a great communicator. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward cool. to it as well. We'll be a part of that as well, and so we really do encourage everybody to take part in it. It'll be a really, really fun time. All right, we'll get the interview underway. Very cool. Well, again, it's so great to have you guys here. It was great sharing a meal with all of you tonight, too. Like, ah, eating in person with friends. What a novel idea. Um, this year, um, the, the terminology I have been using describing this year has been hard. Like I said, sometimes we use terminology like, oh, it's unprecedented or it's crazy. It's been hard. <laughs> it's been hard on so many different people in so many different ways. And here we are now one full year, you know, since this kind of pandemic has gripped the world and, and gripped ministry. And as faith leaders here in our city and in our community, uh, I just want to kind of start our time together. Like, How are you guys doing? Like, how's your families? How have you guys been doing and coping this past year? Maybe I'll kick it off. That's a that's a, a great question. It's a big question. Uh, but no, I would say um, for me, my experience um, being in lockdown or quarantine or all the different words we can use um, at home, um, I actually have found a greater joy in being with my family. I just was able to spend so much more time with the kids um, and Yvonne and just we both run businesses from home for years. So there wasn't a big transition there, but just to have it all there all the time. Mm. Sure, certainly had an effect to it, but the takeaway was it just I just you know um, to see the kids responding in a healthy way. Um, I would say that was that would be my first reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that any crisis is going to bring out deficiencies in in whatever um, sector you're in, whether it's a marriage, whether it's the kids, whether it's emotional stability, your spirituality, a business, whatever it is. And um, yeah, that's what brought out <laughs> that was the fun stuff with us. It uh, really was challenging in a way. Um, everybody's at home and cooped up and. Yeah, trying to get along was a beautiful thing, so we bought boxing gloves. No. <laughs> I think for me, uh, my season started actually long before COVID, and so I had a big life change um, before COVID started, and I had already planned on taking a year off work. Or, well, okay, my job ended, and, um, and I wasn't looking for another job right away, and uh, I really saw a lot of stuff coming up in me that I didn't necessarily expect or really know how to deal with and so it's been a, it has been a really intense year for me personally mm -hmm. working through my stuff which actually has been really good you know mm -hmm. I, I actually started intentionally you know trying to figure out why do I feel anxious all the time why can't I fall asleep at night why can't you know why are these things going on and I think mm -hmm. before I was able to really dismiss them and in the quieter pace I had a lot more space to really press into God and and 
I went to rehab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's Basically, great. I feel no, like I spent a yeah. year in rehab. No, well, thank, yeah, thank you for sharing that. No, I appreciate your your, your transparency and your honesty with that because I think it's so crucial as leaders and as people who like are in roles where we care for others and our self care is so crucial. Yeah, right? it really is. And the biggest thing that I noticed was. I have a cup of capacity, and I felt like there was a bunch of rocks in it. And so my capacity to emotionally handle stuff was greatly diminished. Mm. And I think at the beginning of of COVID, I was filled with a lot of Mm. self-pity. Self-pity came up a lot because we were involved in so many things, and so much effort was put out, and then it's all crushed, Mm -hmm. and it's all nothing. And then I'm trying to figure out online and cameras, and I'm seeing these guys do awesome things. You guys doing, like, lights, and I'm like, I'm sitting (laughs) at our dining room table with a piano and a box. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, some $10 webcam that I got at the secondhand store. Which, believe it or not, we were watching you guys going like, wow, it's so intimate. And we love it so much. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I think self-pity was a big challenge for me. And that was uh, fun stuff. Just to piggyback off of what they were saying, um, um, I feel like I heard a lot of people this year say, Things like, um, you know, COVID has been really hard on marriages or hard on relationships or hard on anxiety or hard on mental health. And I don't know if that's, if, if that's entirely true. I think what happened was that when life stopped, we had all this time and COVID shone a spotlight on things that yeah. had already been there. Right. And there was these ancient cracks that we've just rolled over with the busyness mm-hmm. of life. And COVID caused us, I think it was a gift, Mm -hmm. if you know how to receive it and walk through it, to have those things highlighted by Jesus and walk through them instead of just letting them shut you down. So it is so true that mental health issues are huge, Mm -hmm. huge right now. However, I don't think that they are brand new. I Mm -hmm. think that they're just things that we just didn't have time with the self-care that we have now. Right. Well, for some of us. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as we share, you know, so as pastors here in our city in Ottawa, like so us three couples, we're all pastoring churches kind of in different parts of the city, different communities that we that we care for and that we do ministry in. So what have you seen to be some of the, some of the um, kind of the greatest needs and challenges in kind of in your congregations or in your part of the city where you're where you're serving? I'll jump on that. Um, it's probably not unique to us, but certainly just something that we're seeing with our community is, um, you know, depending on the age demographic, although it isn't necessarily dependent upon that, is, is isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the frustration over, you know, just being alone or being told what to do, having your control kind of taken away, in a sense, your freedom taken away in, in that, in that uh, physical sense. Um, but also the struggle to maintain connectedness um, in a virtual landscape. Um, you know, the, the, the modality of work has, has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the landscape of work is completely different than it was, and whatever's next will be different as well. It's not going to be back to, it's going to be back to and then some sort of hybrid state. And so there's, we still have a ways to go. We're not going to flip a switch uh, when, when the vaccine hits everybody and then all of a sudden we're back. So dealing with, you know, people's, um, uh, emotional state, mental state, uh, even physical state around that has been, you know, 
kind of what we see as, as the challenge, mm-hmm. um, but maintaining that connectedness through whatever we can. Um, you know, we, we just had did the Valentine's Day. Um, we couldn't really do anything significant. So, but what our team, you know, gathered like love care packages and delivered them to like 80 different you know, households, and it was just like, just with this, 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 this little letter from God and some chocolates and whatever. Um, but it was just something to to achieve that connectedness because that was where we saw greatest need. Mm-hmm. Right. It was particularly hard. We have a lot of people, uh, a lot of seniors in mm-hmm. our community, and so if you don't have technology, you are completely on an island. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't have Zoom, if you don't know how to, if you don't have Facebook, you don't how to know how to log on. Um, when you're older, um, it has been devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, us younger ones, you know, we've got our phones, we've got all these ways to connect. But when you are particularly, you know, older and not tech savvy, mm-hmm. it's been devastating for that yeah. part right. of the community. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, thank you. The biggest thing that we noticed is the connection part as well, um, the isolation part, and um, that's what that's what a crisis will bring out is where are the deficiencies, mm-hmm. and then we get to build into those and build the foundation a little bit stronger, a little bit better, mm-hmm. and a little bit more productive and efficient. And this is a new normal. Like there's, we, we don't have to go revert back to what we were doing because um, some of the things needed to change. And we reach a lot of the addicted community. That's mm-hmm. where we've come from. That's Mm-hmm. I've spent 15 years in addiction and then 14 mm-hmm. years in my own recovery. And so we, we reach a, a, the, the addicted community. And so addiction is all about being isolated. Mm-hmm. And so recovery is being connected. And so how do we make connections? How do we be there for people? And the, the lives that are being lost in the addiction community are, are right now being reported. And it's astonishing for yeah. people. It's a, it's a crisis and a, epidemic of of uh, in the pandemic so yeah. we really yeah. have tried every different way to connect online and uh connect with people i didn't get a valentine day basket so <laughs> um, we haven't done that and that's a great idea so i think ours is in the mail too don't worry we should all, like, we should all get together and brainstorm and just steal each other's ideas that's right <laughs> i think some of the i mean we there was tangible needs initially that you know i saw and thought we did groceries. I mean, I was doing groceries for four households at the wow. beginning because we had these single moms that what are they supposed to do with their kids? You know, right. how are they supposed to go get their groceries? And so um, and then I think that after a certain point in time, people become maybe hesitant or, you know, relying on that or it was hard for people to continue to accept that kind of thing. So um, but we did that for I don't know, a long time. Um, but I think tangible, you know, there mm-hmm. is a lot of tangible needs. That that isolation is a huge factor. Yeah. A lot of our community, they take public transportation. And that's really scary for people. You know, fear has just been huge. Mm, yeah. And so I right. feel like right now it's a lot more one-on-one. You know, there's some... There's a lot of churches that are very good at, at doing some of those tangible uh-huh. reach-out things. Like, hey, we see you. But it is a lot of one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of yeah, that that's needed for people right now. Right. Well, and a, a big thing about addiction recovery, we have this mental obsession that drives us to continue using and using and using. And then the pain of that will get us into recovery. Mm-hmm. And so in recovery, God actually takes that away and heals us and delivers us. But pain and fear and anxiety actually 
ignite that mental obsession again. And right. so if you're left alone and you're still isolated and you're filled with all that stuff, then at some point your thinking will take you into your action. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had a guy pass away in the treatment center that we're associated with and wow. there's been suicides. And, and, and so what we try to do is really try to reach online. And that's, that's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, just cameras and technical stuff, and like it, it's been really it's not, hard it's in not that re- way. It's, it's not a reciprocal space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a. Challenge. But at some level, like it's showing us, like we have a thing called Ashes to Rubies, and we're a addiction community that share our hope through art and story and that kind of thing. So it's a monthly cool. show. So that is 100% canceled. Mm-hmm. And so what we've seen is the deficiency to actually give people education and information. So the Ashes to Rubies kind of turned into. Um, addiction recovery content and so we're able to at least reach people in that area where we can we don't have to have a conversation with everybody but here watch this video or here's one on codependency or here's one on whatever one of the hundred topics of recovery yeah so it sounds like you guys each in your own communities because they're very different types of communities there's and and that's something that i think is important for our audience to understand as well is that church probably is not exactly what you think church is if you haven't been to church in a while and i my heart does go out too to the uh seniors like you talked about yvonne because church is completely different than what it was and there's so many things that i think became very dear to many people about what church is and it's all different today but it's still on the same mission right yeah and for the first time in I think the church's history, you know, in the last 100 years, um, this is the first time where we read that scripture, behold, I'm doing a new thing, and Mm. we go, for sure. Everybody's like, yes, for sure. (laughs) Like, this is totally different. We're all freaking out because, like, we don't know how to do this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. And so in this, I'm sure that you guys have seen bright spots and people showing resilience in one way or another. So we highlighted the the challenges, but where have you seen some of those amazing things that you're just like, wow, I've seen some resilience here, people coping in this? Uh, Those who have embraced the online thing, uh, we've seen, I mean, we go to recovery meetings, um, I am involved in a 12-step recovery program for codependency, and, you know, we would have six, eight, ten newcomers every week, uh, wow. sometimes at the beginning. And these were people that had never been to a 12-step program before. Um, we connected with a, with a recovery group online uh, from the States, and there's like 80 to 100 people in these meetings. Um, and then, you know, we were just like, what is happening? And I know that, that those kind of numbers, too, are happening with lots of churches. We yeah. talked with a pastor the other day. They are getting amazing online engagement. You know, they're getting, they're having, so for people where online engagement it, it works for them or they've accepted it or, mm-hmm. or um, <laughs> surrendered to it. Um, there's a lot of richness that can, that can come out of that. And people, I think people have really, some people have really dug deep, you know, and just said like, God, there's something else out there, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been um, searching yeah. and really hungry for an answer more than just their daily life. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a lot of really amazing conversations with people and, and seen some really beautiful stuff come out of like, I actually don't want to live like this anymore and I want wow. to do something different and yeah. I need God to do something 
hmm. here. I need a miracle. Yeah, I think the highlight for me, the the spotlight for me, is kind of our core team hmm. who has all – we've rallied around each other, and our relationship with God has greatly um, been affected and for the good. And we've all been really vigilant in our own disciplines. And just like just like any discipline, it's easier not to. Um, but at the end of the day, is it going to – is not riding my exercise bike and getting up early to do – is that actually – easier not to do it but at the end of it you know as years go by then it's actually detrimental to my health so mm -hmm. the people that are actually getting into recovery online the online recovery community is really blowing up mm -hmm. and so yeah like right. we got a hundred people at a meeting or there's a meeting down in new york that has like a couple hundred people every every night almost wow. and so it's really encouraging to actually have to go into a meeting we get no one uh, we're we're actually starting uh, a recovery uh, community here, um, kind of out of that. So it's really been encouraging in that regard with our core team. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I would say that's that's excellent. Um, a, a bright spot that stands out to me. Well, no, I, it's I just want to I want to hear more. Um, so awesome. Yeah. The, the, the bright spot for me is uh, two things. Um, one is, I think stewardship. I noticed a lot of people um, using the time. Mm. Taking the time, using the time um, for, you know, self-care, as you talked about. I mean, everybody in our household did some form of therapy over the course of the last year, um, which, Ours is, too. Which, <laughs> which, was, which is great. Um, I took a university course. But like, so we, we heard stories like that of people just yeah. realizing, okay, I, I could steward parts of my life differently, and that's okay. And, in fact, this is something God's showing me in this time right. that I do need to bring some care around or some attention to. That we had the the blessing and the time to go. Okay, here here we are in this space. Um, and then secondly, uh, you know, just to echo John, I mean, you know, how the team rallies around. We we have a leadership team as well. Of there's ten of us, and it's kind of our model. So it's not one person or two people. There's there's ten, and so we were able to kind of more fully actually in some ways walk out our model by the fact that we could disciple by community, not just a few people, but everyone stepping up and stepping in. Um, to supporting people, we had the list of you know people to call and who, who weren't able to be online, and so just those bright spots of seeing newness um, that we have to believe the Lord just knew and was leading us in, despite the the chaos and the turbulence happening around us. Um, one thing I've really enjoyed is when we meet in person, our community is very local, mm. and everyone is from here. But when we meet, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when it was it, everything was very new and weird and in your living room and raw, um, the broadcasting, the, the broadcasts, <laughs> everybody was trying their best to figure it out. But and everybody was curious, right? Like you would post something on your Facebook page about your live thing starting, and I had people I went to elementary school clicking on and I'd see them like week after week kind of clicking on it. That's why Facebook live is so great. Cause you can actually spy and kind of see who's there. See who's there. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh my goodness, Jason, your ex-girlfriend just logged on. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but like Sorry. people across the world, we had people in, you know, Brazil and people in the States. And there was this one colleague, uh, a, a lady I'd worked with. I work in publishing and uh, this woman I had worked with and she just kind of saw it and, and she said she was washing her dishes and 
um, we started worshiping. She just kind of thought, I'll just put it on the background, you know, listen to them gab. And, and then we started to worship. And she said she just had to drop everything. She was completely overcome by the presence of the Holy Spirit in her in her house in Texas. And wow. so those yeah. kinds of things, like like God can move through the Internet. You know, yeah, like oh, for sure. Absolutely. He's, not, yeah. he's not bound. We mm-hmm. can, like, and we really value kind of the the being doing everything live that's just kind of our our thing and so um it's been really fun to kind of be be together gather together live with people like all over the world it's been really fun that's amazing we did the live thing because we lack um people to do things technically and so when you do it live there it is it there it done. is there's no real there's editing. no edit button and it's like it, we did it out of convenience yep and yep. then we do, we do our we do devotionals you know yeah, we're we're spiritually good. sound people so we do devotionals and meditation and all that great stuff and we we've always done a couple's devotional together mm-hmm. and so we started doing this uh this uh devotional on codependency hmm. so i'm the addiction guru Obviously. And so, you know, I've ran a rehab and stuff. And so <laughs> when when my partner here is reading and I always have great input and great insights and and it disturbs her and then it, we're disturbed and the readings Five. don't go Five. so well. No, this was before. <laughs> and so we get a month into this, this and there's a lot of argument. And then she says. We should do this live. And so the arguing actually subsided a little bit. And we, we learned to bite our tongues a lot more. Yes. And found out that we know way less than we think we do. And But it's been really good for our relationship. And that was a way that we could connect with people with a 15-minute daily meditation on codependency and addiction. You're really good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, see, I watch them You've afterwards when they're not live because I don't want anyone to know I'm watching. Oh, there's so I go mistakes. and see it later. We've had so. one of our girls, she texts us and she goes, you guys know you're still live, don't you? And we're like, oh, no, the camera's running. What did we say? And like, how do you, you can't edit that. It's, it's done. Or you could take it down, I guess. That's it. I just, I wanted to touch on the, the idea that like, you know, some churches record things, some people do it live. And I was thinking about it this afternoon, I was thinking about it like we're all a pot of chili. And um, everybody has a recipe, right? And some recipes have a lot of garlic. Some have a lot of peppers. Some have a lot of onions. Some have a – and you can't say garlic in, in chili is wrong, you guys. No, it's not wrong. It's just a flavor. Yeah. So um, – I just I, I see some people saying like oh you should do it this way you should there's no shoulds yeah it's chili you guys yeah. that's it's right just what the flavor is and yeah. what you enjoy what so your grandmother put in the that's pot. right yeah. what yeah. is what is in your pot not the b- bad pot because like that's yeah. addiction that's but, right um, <laughs> what's in the chili, in the pot. chili. Well, but just 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 to just to say it's just a flavor and yep. uh, and a preference and. Yeah. Everything is okay. It's yeah. just whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Well, and that's such a great point. And, and, and that's one of the things, like, like I love, you know, the relationship that we have with you guys. And, you know, I'm always like, oh, we got we to get together more often because I love getting together with you guys and talking about this kind of stuff, talking life, talking ministry. Yeah. And, um, and I think even in this short interview, and I, hopefully people will get the sense that, that there's a difference uh-huh. in churches, But I think so many people, especially if you don't have a church background, we just assume it's stained glass and it's boring and they're all the same, right? But the reality is, is every single church has a DNA, right? And has, has a specific call that God has called it to. And, and every, everyone's community is a little bit different. So like whether it's different denomination, a different kind of 
pot of chili, whatever that looks like. So maybe just kind of, you know, share for people who might be watching, to, you know, the show this month who, who don't have a church background. Like, what would they experience if they were to kind of visit your church and to kind of be a part of your community? What's unique to you? They'd probably hear me say something to respond to that. They, I would probably say something like, God's not boring. You're boring. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we just want to be super real. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not afraid to be silly and ridiculous. We do a lot of like, um, you know, when we have meals, we give them funny names. Like once we had everybody bring a crock pot. So we called it Who Gives a Crock Sunday. <laughs> it was awesome. Everybody loved it, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> But we just, we just, we just really want to be real. And so we don't, we're, I'm not one way at the grocery store and another way when I'm in front of my church on Sunday. Um, I'm just as silly. I'm just as inappropriate. I'm, you know, we're, we're just as, as real and vulnerable. We try to be. Um, So that's, that's one of the things that you'll find. Um, You don't have to dress up. I think most churches you know, uh, we got our church clothes on. <laughs> this, yeah, that's this, right. This is it. <laughs> that's right. I, you know, earrings for church. That's about as dressed up as, as I get for church. But, um, yeah, we just want to, we really want to be a safe family and we want a living room feel. So we wouldn't put on a show in our living room and we're not going to do it on a Sunday morning. So um, that's kind of the, the feel of our community. Yeah, that's good. And like I would define our community as these are our church clothes. This is how we present ourselves. And um, I think the biggest thing is we're transparent and vulnerable from the front. The biggest thing that COVID showed me because I'm not, I'm a bit church jaded. Uh, I grew up in the church. And so the last thing I wanted to do was church, uh, but God steers and directs. And so what COVID, I I don't want to do the machine of church. The organization, this is how it has to look. So COVID really helped us with that because now we're on a set doing live and the worship, our best friends are involved in it and worship leaders. And, and I said like, okay, so we're doing this and I'm not just teaching you. Like this is, we go through the books of the Bible and we're in Matthew right now for like ever. I don't know when, it's been in COVID Matthew. And so we're only in chapter eight. And so I said, this is the text for next week. What do you want to say about it? And we're going to have a conversation with all of us. And then even online after our conversation, we want to ignite other conversations. So that's kind of the direction that we went into, which is a little bit different because you have three people talking and then you might have a Zoom person say something. So I think you just said, like, really in, in your context right now, church is a conversation. So it's not somebody standing up and telling you this is what you should do and this is what you need to and so on and so forth. It's let's talk. That's a good. I'm going to use that tomorrow. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome to the conversation. UCC. What I think is interesting about the three of us couples is that, you know, we're talking about church saying that we're vulnerable and we're transparent. Um, but if you're not churched, y'all online, um, that's really not that common in churches, mm-hmm. um, especially for leadership, because they're kind of taught to just be a little bit more guarded and distant, a little bit careful. And so, you know, you look at this this person who you're supposed to respect as a leader, and sometimes we tend to think that maybe they're perfect and they've got it all together and, and they don't have nervous breakdowns and they, they're not on meds, you know. And we're like, no, we're all, we're, we're all really broken. And, and I think that's why the three of us couples get along um, because we're similar in that way that we, we all value transparency and being real. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a seminary professor 
who said, um, never have a close friend in the church you serve in. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I, I mm-hmm. fundamentally disagree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Now, I understood it because a lot of times you, people get hurt, right? Because yeah. messy people do messy things. And, 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 and so there's, you got to be wise. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, no, that's not the way I'm going to do ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And Jason, yeah. any other additional no, no, thoughts? No, I was just tossing it back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, too, like a lot, of, a lot of people within our community maybe have grown up church in church where, you know, the, the priest or the pastor or the reverend is the holy man, right? And so, like, that's something that we find ourselves maybe coming up against, and maybe you guys have as well, where, where there's that mindset. But yet, I, I appreciate what you said, Yvonne, like, we are regular people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let that sink in. <laughs> And regular people. We, we are irregular over here. I don't know about you guys. Agreed. But. Agreed. Irregular people, I just like everybody. <laughs> so one of the things I want to ask you is uh, you guys talked a little bit about, you know, uh, your communities and, and a little bit about um, what has changed since COVID and what people would, could expect. Now, can you give us a brief, you know, um, I don't know whether both of your groups are back together in person, regathering in person. If they are, would you share with us what they would have to do? Somebody who's never been, how they would, what they would see when they first come and what, what, what would happen and what they, those most important little things that they would need to know. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. No, Wear we, a act- mask. we actually did a little video of, you know, if you're going to come to the church, here's kind of the things that you need to be aware of. First of all, uh, sign up in advance through Eventbrite. We're, we're, we're doing that. Mm-hmm. We, um, I think we anticipated a bigger response uh, coming back. We actually did a survey on the front end uh, asking a number of questions around how people feel about coming back and the dynamics around that and the whens, the hows. And so then we based our decision in, on that and then, you know, had realized that the 30% capacity, I think it was, or one, whatever it is, is uh, that was, for us it was 50 people. So we had this event right thing set up and we situated the chairs all strategically, tape on the ground, um, gobs of like hand sanitizer everywhere, rules about the washroom, the flow of the church. But we did this little video just to kind of walk people through as you come in, here's what you're going to see, here's what you'll check in. Yeah, they come in the door. And there's a greeting station where they get their names checked off, and they, they get asked the same questions they were asked online about the, the, your COVID questions. Um, there's a big hand sanitizing pump there. You grab a mask if you don't have one, and you follow your way in, uh, as well as the, we have got a little temperature gun. Uh, one of those, uh, yeah, so we use that. Um, and then you, you, have, you kind of follow the arrows on the floor, and you sit down, and you've got to keep your mask on, no singing. Um, some people break the rules, and we try to police it in a very loving way and and when people are too close to one another we have we've we've kind of gamified it and we have this little squeaky little line we call uh aslan the social distancing line and we just kind of squeak it it's got a really obnoxious squeak it's really loud and it's not meant to like be aimed at anybody it's just for everybody to be aware hey if we do notice people are a little too close we'll give it a honk and then it's just a check yourself kind of a thing so we're trying to like make it fun but yet still be adherent to what's being asked of us us um and then kind of carry on the service we're doing it shorter shorter service instead of going an hour and a half going like an hour hour 10 and uh you know trying to engage the 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 camera crowd as much as the in-person crowd which is a challenge because not many of us went to like acting school and (laughs) and 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 and, and so 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 and and that's part of the challenge of preaching too you want to be 
um, engaging, but you don't want to be fake. You don't want to be overacting. And so to, to learn that balance has been really tricky too, because we didn't, we weren't brought up to be, you know, TV hosts. <laughs> so we, you know, we welcome people as they come in, but the other thing we wanted to do is welcome people as they pop in online. So we take a couple minutes and um, on Facebook, it was a little bit easier because it has your real name. Um, but on YouTube, um, people have these handles, like, I don't know who, you know, Love Muffin 816 is. <laughs> so we say, hi, you know, if, if your handle is not your actual name, Love Muffin, please tell us who you are so we can actually greet you by name. So we, we say that, and we, we kind of try and make it fun and get everybody kind of bantering online as well. And what I really love to see is I always have the online, if I'm leading worship, I have it on the piano and so I can watch. And people are just like, through worship, they're like commenting, you know, about a lyric in the song or just like God is so good or they're, yeah, they're just engaging through technology so that as worship leaders, we might have only a couple people in the room, but I'm watching my friends at home worship by their engagement. It's just like so fun. And, and, and other members of the team will will kind of not monitor, but they'll like they'll jump on too to to maintain that engagement of people online. Um, to kind of, you know, answer any, any questions for new people, ch- you know, checking it out. Um, but, I mean, never as a church leader did I think I'd have to say, you know, thanks for joining us on YouTube. Feel free to uh, hit the subscribe and, and the bell. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> share a so comment, like, 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 remind them I to know, do I that. I know, it's become norm now in, like, church openings. It's just I'm like, wow. It's completely different, isn't it? Church has changed so much. We don't understand why they have to do it. We just know, guys, it's really important. You don't need to know. You don't have to know the details. Yeah. Click it. I think we struggled a bit with that too, that whole online culture about the likes and the comments. Mm, and it's like, yeah. how many comments can we get on this one? And how many people can subscribe to this channel? And it's like, oh, like when I hear you guys. But it changes your algorithm. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, now, share, subscribe. I don't even the know bell. what the word algorithm means. But we were told by our tech people that it has nothing to do with like promotion. It's just like your algorithm gets better or something. Yeah, you're shown you're shown to more and more people, right? And then and and so for me I always go back to the why. Yeah. So tell us the why and then maybe that'll make better sense for when John says, Yeah, we have to like and subscribe. Why? Well, we, I don't know that. You'd have to ask our tech person. Oh, you, okay, go ahead. So, so here's why. So here's how. Here's yeah, I'm the tech pastor. So the <laughs> algorithm. So when you have an active online presence, you know, the Google basically says this is active, and so we're gonna actually put that above things that are not active. Right. So when you do a search, so if someone in your community is looking for a church, but they're nervous about COVID, they're nervous about kind of being in a, in a larger gathering. Right. And so they'll search church online in their neighborhood. Right. Right. And because of the activity of your church, the algorithm sees you as more active. You go up on the search list before somebody else. Mm-hmm. So someone in your community who's looking to have, you know, st- struggling with mental health, struggling with depression, struggling with addiction, lonely, isolation, all these things, when our churches become active online, the algorithm actually helps so, us connect with them better. So, so this, is, this is one of those, I think, Holy Spirit strategies that we just didn't know about right. pre-COVID is that one of the findings for us is, did we know the impact of what this was going to be? Because right. maybe we wouldn't have chosen it proactively, but reactively responding to what's going on. Now we realize, okay, we are putting ourselves willingly in a position to be out there. And so what is our mm-hmm. responsibility 
what is I mean we can't care for everyone but 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 you care for some being care for some and what is what is the Lord asking of us that maybe he knew about that there's provision for when he said go and make disciples uh, we didn't know maybe it meant actually doing it virtually and having to use things like algorithms within social media technology keywords to achieve keywords. that yeah all the, all the words that we've learned it's like I have a whole new vocabulary not not that mine was super deep depth deep deep <laughs> depth no deep yeah. Whatever that word is, I've added to it. You're using the Greek, I but, know. Uh, first of all, I want to get Aslan the squeaking lion just in my car, <laughs> at home Aslan, at the dinner the table. social distancing lion, and I literally went to Walmart to the dog toy section, and I <laughs> squeaked them all till I found one that made my daughter go, ow! And I, I thought, it. that's I want him. And it was a lion. Dinner so table. That's evidence-based right there. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to say about the algorithm thing, it's so different because it, we're not YouTubers who want more views so that we we can get more ads so that we can make more money. Right. We are, it makes us, it gives us the opportunity to impact our community more. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. We're not just trying to get likes, you guys. You know, we're, there's actually a motive of, of compassion. Our conversion is the heart. And so it's all about what is the conversion? Why are we doing what we're doing? That's the real why, not not the why of making sense of the algorithm. We'll leave that to the techies, but the why of why we do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think at some level, we drop back and punt. There's a football analogy. Sometimes you got to drop back and punt, and it looks like you're giving the ball away, and it's hopeless, but you're actually playing for field position. And so Kevin's we were, nodding like he knows exactly what we you're talking about. We were at the canal, and I, I was realizing that the football stadium there has not – they shut down the CFL. Yeah. And so if they can shut down the CFL, we – can shut down some of the stuff that we have and so there has been some stuff like what you're saying is we don't we don't you you guys are doing great in that area we don't we don't have in person and we have a rental space and it hasn't been in person friendly we do have a group there that meets as the watch party there's another new word watch party what was that before and so they do meet there and there's maybe five or ten people that meet there but then the other stuff that we've really focused on is how do we reach people and and give them the the love of Jesus, the healing of Jesus, the restoration of Jesus. So we've really focused on our um, addiction recovery brand, Ashes Rubies. We have our Life Lab, which is we put it all online so you can become a member and you go through your own process of recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an online Facebook group for support. We have uh, a meeting that we do on Zoom, and it's all addictions. Anybody can come. It's a speaker. We do a, a talk on recovery, and then it's open share time. And so the, a really big highlight is having seen our core group being able to share at these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's really helped their recovery, and it's helped them to get a voice and be able to – everybody's a professional podcaster now. It's amazing. <laughs> and so we've, we focused in those areas of, like, bringing the heart of healing mm-hmm. to people. Um, and, and even with the – we have a kombucha brewery. And and that all all the sales went to zero right when COVID hit because we're in the cafes and we're in the farmers markets and we're in the corporate sector and and all of that went to zero and so that we had to do that online mm-hmm. and looking in in uh, January and February last year our sales beat last year's sales and that was pre-COVID so the online we're kind of missing the middleman and we're trying to reach the customer mm-hmm. um, so we're focusing on that kind of stuff and and. 
when you guys talk about all the like in person stuff, it's like, oh yeah, we don't do anything. Like <laughs> Aslan the Lion would be perfect if we <laughs> met in person again. I think I think that moving forward, we'll always have mm. that squeaker toy. That's a great idea. Awesome. So in in terms of like you were talking a little bit about the some of the vulnerable populations and people that you've been reaching, but overall when you think of our communities and you guys all talked about that isolation being an, an issue, uh, if somebody were to connect with you, connect with your church, um, what could they expect in terms of the type of help or resources um, or or anything at all that you might have to offer to them um, to help with that feeling of isolation? I can take this one and so we um, we meet as a church online and we do it as a small so we have a small group at the church um, itself and so I actually had someone reach out to me this afternoon and say you know I had someone who wants to come visit Union City or are you guys meeting so I said I have a small group and this is who would greet them and you know there's going to be five to ten people they'd be more than welcome and those people the people that are there are they're amazing and very welcoming um, and then we have a small group on Zoom, and so we put that out there. Anybody can join on Zoom, and then after the service, <laughs> feels like such an official word for <laughs> what happens, but just kidding. It's a conversation. <laughs> um, um, so after the service is, like, officially over, that small group stays on Zoom mm-hmm. and, and talks about what the three people talked about during the service, what the text was. Um, we also have a Wednesday – we started a Wednesday noon group, and – so for us, we use the language of recovery a lot, but really, you know, what happened for us is when we, we grew up in church, but when we came back to church, you know, we knew we couldn't carry secrets. And so for us, we just need a safe place where we can be vulnerable and talk about our struggles and talk about our hurts. I just wanted to encourage you, if you're, if you're listening, you need to go to their church. Um, no, you need to go to their church. No, you need to. <laughs> because because for everybody. we have our ten people. Because <laughs> average, let me just be general. I don't want to be generalized, but I, I'm going to. The average Christian might go, "Oh, that's nice. That's a recovery church." If you're thinking that, you need to go, mm-hmm. because we all need to be in recovery. Some of the stuff that they deal with sounds like really serious. But you know what? We're all screwed up. Mm-hmm. We all are broken. We all need to be in recovery and dealing with our stuff. I want to say a different word there, but I didn't because mm-hmm. I'm being responsible. We all have to deal with our stuff. And so I just I so love what they're doing because they are serving not just a recovery community. They're they're serving the entire community. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a Christian who thinks, well, I don't have any addictions, uh, you do. You just haven't, you just haven't, you know, really focused and, and, and figured it out yet. But, but yeah, I just, I love what these guys are doing. I'm so inspired by how they pastor and how they, um, how they just give of themselves uh, to the, to the people that they're serving. And so I'm just like, we're just their biggest fans. And we have been friends for a very long time. Vicky and I have been friends for, what did we say? 32 years, which makes us feel so old. But no, they're the real deal, you guys. Thank you so much. Like, the more I go in my recovery, I realize, like, God has designed us in a beautiful way to be faithful to each other. But God has designed us, I think, all of us to be addicted to him. 
And, mm. and we are born separated from God, and we're trying to connect mm. and try to connect. And that's the whole thing with connection is God has made us with a spirit. And so we connect with everything else. And then when we have enough pain, we're trying to go, okay, I need to connect to something that's actually going to mm. give me power and not take my power. Yeah. And that's so, right. yeah, I think I think God's made us all to be – I like what Yvonne says. Yeah, we're all addicted. Really, it's true because we all are made in the same way where our brains operate the same. Our thinking is generally the same, and we're trying to connect, and we're trying to look for a life source, and we're trying to look for power in our lives. And the things of this world yeah. offer something, but it's actually draining our life. What we've said <laughs> in our community is is like – you, there are lots of people, you know, when we had people, lots of people in the room, there are lots of you in the room who have been Christians for a very long time, and you've walked with Jesus, and you're going to die and take your, fi- your final breath and die saved. But many of you will not have died free. Yeah. And there's a yeah. big difference between, That's so good. between being <laughs> saved and being free. And being saved is just not enough. And I think the church has stopped at saved and said, you're good. Um, but so many of us are saved but not free. And that's what I love yeah. about their community is that there's, there's just a push to, to go beyond saved to free. Yeah, and sometimes we can be serious. Like they, they were like those serious people. They're like super committed. But like I remember my relationship with alcohol, and that's what true worship is. I give everything that I have to it in hopes of life and validation, and that's what it gave me. And so now we're trying to lead people into worship with with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it is serious. Like Jesus isn't a plug-in or an add-on. Plug-in, new word. <laughs> plug-in or Look an add-on. you growing, John. <laughs> it's like anybody in recovery in a treatment center that says, I just want to get my life back on track. Oh, my goodness. It's such a mess. i got to catch up for a long time. It's like recovery is actually offering you a new life. It's not a fix. It's not an add-on. But that's the Christian life, too. It's a new life. Die of self and be reborn. Mm-hmm. And so it is serious. And God has designed us to be free. And so I think that's the the beautiful thing that you said is is we might not have a salvation issue in the church, but maybe we have a freedom issue. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. How about you, Jason? Do you want to add anything about your community and like on dealing with the the isolation and and caring for the community? Or just final good good news words. (laughs) (laughs) I do have something. (laughs) You have something, but I did want to answer the question wrongly. But. I Just think freestyle, Jason. Freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Don't be held back by questions. There you go. <laughs> Want to be free, right? Um, <laughs> no, one, I think one of the things is, as, a, as a leader in the faith community, I hate saying that, but, um, but, but we do lead a faith community, is, is praying about you know, the emergence of coming out of this into something different and just um, you know, thinking of where the community is at and knowing – you know, for example, a lot of families with children are just like really hesitating to come back for a lot of obvious and good reasons. Yep. And everyone's and everyone has their own meter for what their return looks like. And so as a church leader, I'm praying and asking the Lord about how do we call the community back together so that we're not just calling them to the building or to the service so that the coffers get filled and the machine can start up again. Uh, now, there are practical things that we do need to do well, and, I, and, I, and of course, we have those dynamics too. But asking him more about how do we call people from what has been very easy to slip into a preference mindset. We could sit home on Sunday morning and dial up, 10,000, 100,000 different churches and, and feed ourselves 
um, and be very content just to stay in our jammies and sip our coffee and watch someone else's service. And then when it is time to come back, how do you lovingly, responsibly, without being too heavy-handed, without the wrong motivation, how do you call people back to gathering in presence, both presence with the Lord, because there is a corporate blessing when we gather. Yep. And, and, and yes, that does work through the electronic airwaves of the internet. And I love that, and I love that most likely before the foundation of the earth, God knew that. <laughs> but there is a commanded blessing when we're together physically mm-hmm. and also with one another physically present. Mm-hmm. There's something different. And so how do, we, how do we call people back in the right way, in the right time, so that they feel safe, but yet they also feel challenged to kind of shake off the dust a little bit of the season yeah. of preference Absolutely. and step back into – because the world out there who's been living in the same – pattern we have with the same mental wellness issues with the same struggles and isolation need hope and if we aren't the ones on the front end of that with that hope because we've called them back where are we going to be right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, we were jokingly said it but it's true the season of pants has come like like, we all will not conform to the pattern of the world (laughs) there was this laziness and lethargy that's that sunk in, sinked in, sank in. I'm having sunk a, in. I'm having a John moment. <laughs> sank in, sank, sink, sunk <laughs> in. Um, when people realized that they didn't have to take a shower and get dressed and go to church, they could just chill out at home, and it's become kind of this sleepiness. Oh yeah. And so we're we want to lovingly call them back and like say, put your pants on, like come to come. <laughs> put to, your pants on, church. <laughs> 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 the things that the pants has come. <laughs> it's time, you know, as we get vaccinated, as, we, as it becomes safer, we're not asking people to come when they don't feel safe. That's right. not at all our heart. But we have a lot of people who are in their early 30s who have who are going out everywhere else but didn't weren't come to church because they're like, well, you know, if I can't hug people and if I can't sing, why come? And I had to gently say, because, honey, it's not all about you. Yeah. You know, it's not just all about you about and who you can hug and how, you know, you can sing. It's about community and it's about coming together. So really challenging. I mean, I'd love to stay home in my jammies. Like, that would be awesome. But, you know, there's we have to wake up. There's a time. This has been a very interesting year. But the season of pants has come. Put them on. Zip them up. Get to church. You know, get into community and real life. Get back to real face-to-face life. The other thing that it reminded me of is at the beginning of COVID, I was talking to uh, someone who's a therapist. And I was saying, I'm so tired after a Zoom meeting. Mm. Like, why is that so draining? And she explained, she said that, like, the physiology of it is totally different because your, your brain sees that you are engaging, but your body has no idea that you're engaging. Because when you are together, there's something that happens. Your body, like, we're very aware of touch and presence, and that's missing in Zoom. So we think that we're getting a type of community through Zoom, but our bodies aren't getting that. We're right. not getting the serotonin that comes like that happy, that that yeah. that warm, safe. We're not we're not fully being present together, even in our physiology. So just to have people back and together and so important. Even if we have to be a little bit distanced, even if we have to have masks, there's just something so fun about just gathering and seeing people eyeball to eyeball again. It's been really yeah. great. Really I was cool. going to say, I, I was thinking a lot of that, of what you just said, that 
yeah, there's so much that gets worked out in community. And I think, um, I think it's important in person, but I also think that there's so much that can happen even through committing to something and following through on that commitment, you know, whether that's in person or online, right. but there's something that happens in me and through me when I commit to a group and I follow that group right through to the end, you know, when I commit to showing up and being present, even if I don't have a, you know, job to do, it's like right. my presence actually mm -hmm. is so valuable totally. in this group, albeit in person or, or be it online, there's something happening in me there's something happening in other people. Some of that happens in really fun ways. Some of it actually happens in really hard ways. And if I just stay home and I'm not online and I'm not, you know, going to things in person, I'm missing out. Mm. I'm missing out on a lot of personal Because we need growth. each other. Yeah. We're, and we're wired to need each other. And when you ha take that element away and you don't have it, although I, I, I will say I, I'm so encouraged by the different ways people have had to adapt to worshiping like as people have been coming back to our 30 percenter um is and not be not being allowed to sing but yet we we've done things like we've, we've done some readings and we've encouraged mm -hmm. them to bring their physical bibles not just their iphones uh, and and sit in front of the the scriptures in the psalms as we're doing worship or um you know meditate on on a word or something so yeah, we've seen people engage differently. They can use their bodies. They can raise their hands. They can stand up. They can kneel down. And we've actually seen a different kind of worship expression emerge and mature us that hopefully when we do, you know, are allowed back at whatever yeah. capacities that we don't lose that. That it just continues to add to what we've been doing because of the effect of seeing one another or being needed by one another and having that kind of research. So. Um, can I share something kind of interesting? My dad um, passed away, but before he did, he struggled for years with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And he'd have one hand particularly that would shake all the time. Like, And so if this is my dad's hand, he'd be shaking. And he would be over here, and I could be having a conversation over here, and I would notice him shaking. And I didn't even have to break eye contact. I would just reach over and touch him. And physical touch without even engaging caused serotonin to shoot from his brain and calm the mm. shaking. That's how strong physical touch is without him even being aware that I was sitting here, without me even engaging, going, hi, dad, and looking to his eyes. I just had to touch him, and his body immediately responded, yeah. shooting out the drugs to the drugs, the med the, the, the <laughs> hormones. hormones or, no, they're not hormones. Endorphins. But, endorphins and, yeah, the whatever. serotonin and endorphins and the, the, the inside stuff. Neurotransmitters. To bring, mm. to bring um, peace. And yeah. calm to him. And so touch is so very important. And even at the beginning of COVID, um, my therapist friend said, you know, you need to be hugging your kids 20 seconds every day. She goes, because without that, she goes, we are going to get sick. Mm -hmm. So just like the importance of just simple touch, handshakes. That's why the laying on of hands is like it's 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 spiritual, but it's physiological as well. I could do this for hours and hours and hours with you. So maybe that's another podcast that we need to start and and start talking about some of this church stuff because that would be awesome. I love talking about this stuff and. Not enough people are talking about these type of things. What are these new things God is doing? What have we been learning? And, and what is that new 
new normal of the church look like, that gathering together physically and the digital discipleship and all that, how that all goes together. So I would just like to close our time together and pray for you guys, if that would be okay. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let me, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Well, Heavenly Father, I thank you for these brothers and sisters, these co-laborers, these friends that, uh, that you've just knit us together and you brought us to the same city for your will and for your purposes. And, um, I, I can honestly say this, God, probably apart from you, we would probably never have been friends because some of our personalities and some of our backgrounds are so radically different. We would probably never have even crossed paths. <laughs> but God, you brought us all together and, and God, we can learn from one another. We can encourage one another. So God, I pray that you would bless uh, Vineyard Church. I pray that you would bless Union City Church. I pray that you would bless the parks. I pray that you would bless the Rubies, their children, their communities, and that God, you would continue to use them in ways that they could never even ask or imagine through your power at work in the church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you. And I heard Rubies in the Greenbelt Park. Isn't that fun? Look at that. There's a whole podcast there. Thanks so much, you guys, for joining us. We really had a great time with you, and we hope we can do this again soon.